Motion Picture of the Year are... Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rough Cut Retrospective, episode 169. Sick. I'm your host, uh, Carter Sims. Uh, this is a podcast that talks about movies, TV, pop culture, Oscar nominations. What? As I mentioned, I'm Carter Sims. I'm joined, as always, by uh, a man who's been snubbed many times before. He'll likely be snubbed again, but not today. It's Jackson Mahurin. Hey, pal, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Coming off hot from a, a win on another podcast that we'll talk about shortly. Um, feeling high on life, but we're uh, talking Oscar nominations today. Uh, those came out on Tuesday of this mm-hmm. week. So excited to talk about that with you. But of course, per tradition, we are not alone, Jackson. We are joined, as always, first by a man. Why should he put it in his mouth if it's revolting it's cody webb hey cody how are you how's it going guys uh very oppy to be here today hey uh, oh wow <laughs> he was ready the, oh yeah bringing the puns out early but yeah excited <laughs> to talk oscars man uh you know don't want the bar b to be set too high mm. and uh what hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you guys don't down man you don't re uh, <laughs> hopefully you don't regret a gerwig Good lord! Ooh. <laughs> Excited to be here, boys. I think it's gonna be a fun one. Wow! Is um is the Golden Globes host writing your jokes over there? No, <laughs> no comment. Shout even, out Joe. Yeah. I couldn't even remember his name. Joe Coy, I think. Anyway, Joe Coy. Way better. Yours, your jokes are way better. Um, wonderful. Happy to have you here. Of course, uh, not alone today. We're joined by your partner in crime. He has become Corbin, destroyer of worlds. It's Corbin Zavokal. Hey, pal. Star of the upcoming film, The Tiger's Apprentice, Joy Coy. Uh, go check it out. Oh! Hey, it's coming. Uh, I don't have any puns. I was really panicking there when Cody broke all those out. But I do have a message sent down for you two guys, especially. I'm going to read it to you. From God? Carter and Jackson. Well, it can sting to win the pod office but not take home the gold. Your millions of fans love you. You both are so much more than enough. Hashtag Cap Barbie. Thank you. Just wanted wow. to share that with you guys today, wow. and it seems like you've got a lot of supporters out there. That was a special message from uh, and a very important person sent directly to you guys. <laughs> wow. Shout out to Hillary. Thanks for the love today, um, as always. Um, well, thank you for that. That was, that. Nice. That was wonderful. Um, I love that everyone came prepared already. Um, as mentioned today, we're going to talk about Oscar nominations, snubs, surprises, and our knee-jerk picks before the Oscars happen in March. We got a long time coming, but we're going to talk them through, see what we're feeling right now. Maybe that'll change. Maybe it won't. Maybe we'll make some stakes, put a little side bet down when we get there, but we'll get there shortly. But first, Jackson, kick us off. Tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. What have you been into this past week, buddy? Yeah, so this past week, uh, I mentioned briefly on the Cap podcast, which we did earlier this week, which was super fun. Shout out. Uh, I saw Lars and the Real Girl for the first time, which is a really weird Ryan Gosling movie um, that is about empathy and kindness, and it's got a good script. I think it's really solid. Carter, you have it criminally underrated, so I urge you to do a rewatch mm-hmm. and maybe see... Uh, I don't know. See the see the positive side of, of the movie. Yeah, I guess um, when I watched it, I was like, eh, 
but maybe I need to give it a revisit. As I mentioned before, I'm on an audit of my list, so yeah, it's it's you coming. Need to go back, yeah, yeah. Um, very fair. Um, so that's been nice. I uh, did an X and Pearl watch for uh, since I drafted Maxine, so I'm gonna get into that universe a little bit more. And I think Pearl was the better between the two. I think it was just more fun. Agreed. Um, yeah, I just liked it more. And then I last night checked out Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Finally, oh baby, he's back. And and uh, <laughs> Aquaman's son pees in his mouth two different times in that movie and what it's a, like why why what a glowing review why did that happen um but black manta is like the coolest character in the dceu probably like over randall I, park man he was a lot of people were not good in that movie like they were like doing like yeah. their worst deliveries i've ever seen um but yeah i still like black manta i thought he was really cool um, I think I gave it three stars still, even though it was pretty bad, but I had go. a good time with it. Is um, that your favorite DC then of the, the year? Uh, I guess so. That's right. Rough. Between Blue Beetle and the Flash. Are those Shazam. The only... And Shazam too. Yeah. I guess it was my favorite of the four. Oh man. Not what by a, much, but like. What a great year yeah. it was. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's what I was into. Excellent. Uh, let's hop over to, to Cody. What have you been into this week, buddy? Yeah, so uh, just been watching a few more movies. I've been on like a Rachel uh, Senate, Sonnet Train, however you say your name, trying to watch all of her uh, recent films. I butcher her name every time. I love that. Yeah. Is a summer I love day. that on your podcast, <laughs> you said the exact same thing. So in, <laughs> yeah, the, in a couple of days in between, you didn't take the time to learn. Uh, he did all yeah, that so- prep for his intro, but didn't learn how to say her name. <laughs> <laughs> should have done research elsewhere but uh i checked out bodies 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 basically nice to finish off her filmography yeah. i enjoyed it a lot actually it's kind of cool um just storytelling obviously it's a little different perspective on like the classical slasher i feel like and a lot of comedic elements too obviously i mean pete davidson uh sort of at the core of the movie so a24 obviously um i did enjoy it a good deal so i definitely recommend it and then something else i checked out um this past year i've been trying to watch all of the scream movies and Ooh, nice. I took I took a little hiatus, and I finally got back on track and watched Scream Four, hmm. um, which is it was a pretty big gap between Scream Three and Scream Four. I think it was like mm-hmm. ninety eight to like uh, two thousand eight or something like that, like ten yeah. years or so. So that was cool, just seeing like the different filmmaking styles and everything. But it was okay. I liked it for the most part. There's obviously a massive twist, which I won't uh, spoil here. There's a twist, and yeah, they're pretty straightforward, I think. <laughs> yeah, so uh, big spoilers there, but I did enjoy the twist. I did not see it coming at all. Um, I think the movie's just a little bit too long after that. Um, but yeah, that, that's mostly what I've been checking out recently. Yeah, I seem to have remembered. I haven't watched Scream Four in a long time, but I kind of felt the same way. Emma um, Roberts, right? Yeah, yeah, Emma Roberts. Yeah, yeah that's the one she's in. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's a great Andy actress Culkin? too. Which Culkin? Yeah. Uh, There's a Culkin, Culkin in that? Rory. Oh. Rory, that, that Culkin. Culkin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. People forget about Rory. It's better. Three kind of sucks. I don't like three. I three's like bad. Four. But four, it's not bad. Yeah, three's... I like two and four probably about equally. And I think yeah. three is just a little bit below both of us. So are you weird. caught up on like five and six? You haven't... Did you see the I'm new not, ones? Okay. I've not seen the new ones either. So that's next on the bucket list. Next time I'm on, I'll, I'll keep okay. you guys updated. Well, you yeah. may not see a new one ever again, so... <laughs> enjoy <laughs> not for a while we'll see can't find anybody to be in those movies <laughs> oh yeah and so strong amazing uh corbin what about you pal what have you been into um the last couple of days i've been actually not watching a lot of movies i've been 
uh, breathing, touching grass. The, yeah, maybe a little bit of that. Uh, <laughs> you know, breathing, seeing the world, uh, no. experiencing the snow. But I've been watching True Detective. That's where I've been getting my content nice. on season one of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess the Night Country. Hi, you know, it's gotten to me. I need to I need to be a part of it. I've never seen it before, um, and I'm enjoying it so far. Um, and I was kind of just coming off of a TV thing with having watched The Curse, so wanted to keep that rolling. Um, in terms of movies, I'll shout out Self-Reliance. It's probably the best mm. of the things I've seen recently. Uh, you can go check that out on Hulu. If you're a fan of New Girl, you'll probably like this movie just because it's got Jake Johnson doing a, you know, a very similar energy. It's written and directed by him. Um, and then also Anna Kendrick is there in a very fun and weird kind of quirky rom-com-esque type part uh, playing off them. And I, I think they're a, a good couple. They have good chemistry together. So I'd recommend that one. I recommend that one. And uh, it's a great date night movie as well. Amazing. Great stuff. Yeah, Lauren actually was like, I want to watch that. And she never really says that about a lot of things. So we'll be we'll be tackling that soon. So I was talking to my mom on the phone last night. And she was like, we watched this movie uh, I think your your sister watched it, and she, but we hated it. I don't. I, it was so weird. I don't even remember what it was. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought they were gonna say Saltburn. And I was really concerned. <laughs> but I did receive a text from my sister that was concerning that maybe my dad watched that. It's still unclear. Oh but, boy. Uh, but then I was like, I, I don't know. She was like, it's like he's in a game show or something. I was like, oh, do you watch Self Reliance? And she's like, yeah, I hated it. So uh, not a <laughs> rec from uh, Michelle Buckmaster's vocal, but hmm. for me, I'll recommend it. <laughs> Shout out. I will say we were, I was out this weekend with some, some friends. We were out on the town and then it was like, I don't know, 1130 and we were walking back and someone was like, let's go back and watch Saltburn. And I was like, I'm going to go to bed. So uh, <laughs> we avoided that completely. We actually ended up watching Jacob Elordi SNL live, which was nice. That was something. That's better. Yeah, it was fine. You know, uh, was yeah, when the bowling pin sketch was awesome. That was great. That was the that best was sketch. That was great. Yeah. Renee rap was great. It was just an okay episode, I think. But I'm excited for IO hosting next week, I think. So mm -hmm. that'll be good. Tomorrow, as of the release of this, right? Well, I think Dakota Johnson's first. Oh. Yeah. Mm, sorry. Dakota Big Johnson, fan. Justin Timberlake, Social Network reunion. So Ooh. get excited. We uh, make, make or break for that movie, Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> this weekend. I mean, it's just kind of weird that is this the first Timberlake public appearance since like all the stuff? He's got a big re like rebrand going. He's releasing a new mm -hmm. album. He's been doing some some concerts. So he's trying. He's trying to be on the comeback. We'll see if Jimmy's gonna show up and try to humanize him a little bit, I bet. Oh, probably. Yes. You know, he's just right downstairs. So we'll see what happens. Um for the things that I'm into, I actually so I talked about all the, all the movies that I was watching over on Corbin and Cody's pod this week. So you can go listen over there. But I want to shout out two things. First of all, we haven't even mentioned the episode we recorded really what it was about with Cody and Corbin over at Cody and Corbin have a podcast. I would pause this episode now, go listen to that one and then come back and listen to this one because we uh, revisited our game that we did in September with them where we tried to pick Oscar nominees uh, way too early Oscar nominees and try to get them all right or many right. So go over there and check out who won. I won't spoil it here to, so go over there and give them a listen. Um, and then I want to announce the uh, the final rankings of season two of Fantasy Filmography for everybody. Because I don't think we've made it public on the pod yet. Everyone no. in our group knows, and we're already mm -hmm. on to season three. But want to put season two behind us and, and usher into the future. So I'm just going to rattle down. Finishing in eighth place uh, with a total of 360 points was David. Um, he didn't really have any end-of-year awards. He didn't watch the rest of his movies or didn't watch any other movies. So 
that kind of hurt him. And the only movies that got him Oscar noms were Barbie, which was a, a lot, and Elemental. There was a world where if David like participated and was like, you know, watching his movies, he probably could have won this thing. So maybe. I don't know. There was Possibly. movies that were available for pickup. I mean, anybody could have. That there were. Uh, shout out Legally Blonde 3. Still on his roster. And maybe drafted, I don't know, in the 2030 draft. Who knows? Um, in seventh place was Matt. 404 points. Uh, Matt had a pretty strong finish. Had a lot of Oscar noms in his in his final roster. But Matt also did not win any end of year awards. So that kind of hurt him a little bit. Sixth place, Corbin. Uh, 423 points. Uh, Corbin, you had a rough go this season. Uh, notably lost Dune pretty early. You got it back this year, which is good for you. You squeaked out one Oscar nom with the creator. So that, that was pretty solid. Um, and you watched all the stuff. You you did the work. You watched some movies and you watched other people's movies. So that helped you get a little boost. But since you're here, I'll, I can let you speak for, for yourself. How do you feel this season went? You feeling good about this season? Yeah, I mean, if I hadn't watched the movies, I probably would have been in last place, right? So uh, <laughs> looking at, I did a, do a little bit of analysis. I haven't released it officially yet, but like of Amazing. the movies that were like picked up in free agency, I had like three of the five worst. Like I just had incredible free agency pickups. That wasn't my my place. Uh, That'll happen. You know, and of course, Dune was terrible. The two, I will say the two trades that were made, I want to talk about that just real quick because we're all here. Let's. Uh, I traded Wonka to or jeff traded wonka to me for maestro maestro scored 45 points wonka 53 that worked out you two trade yeah we did i saw the tv glow uh and maxine were both a part of the trade neither of those movies released so Mm -hmm. you know they canceled out but then the two movies you guys swapped were bottoms and are you there god it's me margaret and are you there god it's me margaret three more points Ooh. Got me. So there you go. Both pretty Woo! solid, solid movies. Yeah, Wonka crossed five hundred million, so that was huge for you. So it worked out in the end. Yeah, late, late play. But. So big stuff. So congrats. Uh, all bad. bad. I'm sure you're looking to, to improve. Year. Yeah, on to next year. Uh, fifth place, Jeff actually finished with 429 points. Obviously led kind of the whole way. He was a, ro- a rocket, and uh, his movies performed pretty well overall. Uh, but only one got an Oscar nom and he didn't do any of the watching either. So that, that was a little rough. That probably could have given him a top three finish. Maybe could have given him the dub, but that's how the cookie crumbles. Fourth place, Cody with 434 points. Cody had uh, the the Mogul Award, Guardians of the Galaxy. It was the highest box office earner and the Film Bro Award. Shout out Winnie <laughs> the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I watched it. It's quite poor, deserving of that award. And you did the uh, you watched other people's movies, so you got seventy five bonus points at the end of the at the end of the year. So, Cody, how do you think your year went? Pretty solid. Yeah, I'm definitely happy with my uh, rookie debut in the league. Um, I beat Corbin. That was kind of my main goal going in. So happy about that. But Huge. yeah, the bonus points at the end, a hundred percent lifted me up. I mean, definitely lucked out a little bit on the box office side of things, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, if I had watched Paw Patrol and and uh, Blood and Honey. Could have gotten a few more points, but <laughs> didn't want to put myself through that, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah. I- I'm pretty happy all around. Something to build off this year for sure. I'll Absolutely. pay Cody a compliment as well. <gasps> the drafted team was his final team. He did. No Ooh. trades, no nothing. Wow. I mean, that's he, that's he called him out early. Nothing got delayed. It, it was a good, even down to the final pick. He had Mr. Irrelevant, Paw Patrol, which was a pretty solid pick. <laughs> so 
Shout oh, out boy. to Cody. Shout out Brock Purdy. Yeah, the last pick is always the most important. <laughs> man. Yeah, incredible. Uh, yes, congrats on your fourth place finish. Uh, into your sophomore season, very excited. Uh, third place was me. I finished with 448 points. Uh, I had three movies get Oscar noms, which was cool. Uh, I did all the watching as well. I watched Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey in place of a movie that was impossible to watch. So that was a, that hurt. Um, so yeah, no end of your awards other than that. So that was pretty solid. And then our own Jackson McHuron finished in second place by less than two points. You were off the lead, uh, 487 <laughs> points to Brian's 489 points. Um, Three of Jackson's movies yeah. got Oscar noms, which is which was huge. And you know, before calculating the end of year awards, Jackson was winning. He was in first place. Uh, he won the Academy Award. Shout out Oppenheimer uh, that got the most Oscar noms for him. And he did all. He got the Who Watches the Watcher Award. Unfortunately, he didn't watch. Uh, was it Aquaman and Migration? Were those the two that you were missing? And Poor Things. And Poor Things. But gotcha. It was um, it was a tough one. They weren't they weren't around, and I couldn't watch them legally. Wink. Um, so I didn't, which stinks. You live and you learn, you know, if you just got, you know, three more points somewhere else for another movie, you know, I, I, now I know not to front or, uh, what is it? Backload with like all the December releases. I'll try to space them out so I can give myself some time and maybe, maybe I won't make that mistake again. So of course, maybe a visit next time this year. If you need to catch up, we have it all in theaters. Come to me too. If you need to, um, and finally, as I mentioned, Brian is our season two champion. He beat out Jackson. A couple of end of year factors happened. Brian uh, binged his final two movies the night before. He binged Foe and he binged the Eras Tour. So respect to him. So he completed watching his movies and he watched other people's movies. So he got an end of year award there. And Across the Spider-Verse was voted the fan favorite award. So that pumped him over the edge and he is the 2023 fantasy filmography champion. So shout out to Brian and yeah, we're on to season three. We're in it. We're a month in and lots of exciting stuff has already happened. So keep up with that. And that's all I got boys. You guys ready to uh, dive into why we're here today? Beautiful. Let's move on to you feeling lucky. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And today, we are, as mentioned, talking Oscar noms. Uh, we're going to give our, our picks, our thoughts on the noms, talk about snubs, if there were any egregious ones, which there were a few. So we'll get there as we go. Um, we're going to go through every category. Uh, we're not going to know a lot about a few of them, but you know we've done our research a little bit. And we we're aware of a lot of stuff. So we're just going to give our knee-jerk reactions here and... They're, they're likely to change as we get closer, but this is just what we're feeling right now. What's in the tea leaves per se. But but yeah, before we get into it, what were your guys like overall thoughts on, on the nominations this year? I'll start with start with you, Jackson. What were your, what were you thinking when we went through all the nominations a couple of days ago? Uh, yeah, you know, it's been tough because like we we reacted to them in the moment. And so I wasn't like looking at stuff. So today I was kind of going over and like looking at some of these picks and i think a lot of them are are okay and i think there are some big misses um specifically i think greta lee is the biggest snub on this whole list with the past lives acting uh lead actress nomination but that, that's my take um 
I've been seeing some really interesting discourse online with like, is the Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig a snub? Does it count as a snub? I feel like people have kind of been flip flopping on the if cycles, Barbie is even a good gone, movie. I think we've gone through stages. It's been interesting. Yeah. Forty eight hours. It's, it's, it's been insane interesting to watch. Yeah. yeah, the discourse has been fascinating. I feel like if Hillary didn't make a statement, maybe it wouldn't <laughs> have been that dramatic of a of a cycle i don't know it's kind of a metaphor um, you know jackson i don't know if you know this but you know she lost she got she won the popular that's true but then lost that's the true margo to the uh, polls <laughs> but um i don't know i think there's something to be said about um a lot of the women who get nominated often have to do so uh to dim- like they have to be demonstrating like severe trauma or, or some sort of like mm. egregious backstory um and it's typically hard for women who are like not um showing those struggles to get recognized in a professional way um as much as like guys are typically in this industry and i think that's something to consider um and i do think um greta gerwig you know she's gotten her nomination before but i do think this would have been a really good year um to kind of celebrate her just because she definitely contributed to um this year's outing at the movies. I, I feel like you can't have that without her. Um, and I know she wrote it and co-wrote it and she's getting that nom there, but I do feel like maybe that would have been a really uh, good place for her. But otherwise I feel pretty, pretty okay um, with some of these nominations. Sure. Sure. Um, Cody, what are you thinking? Do you, do you agree with that? Or are there other things that you thought were a, a bit egregious or kind of surprises or do you feel mostly okay with everything? I for the most part feel okay. I feel like obviously the, the Barbie discourse is going to be where a lot of people disagree, which I think is fair. But I mean, basically like the big movies, Oppenheimer got nominated almost every category. Same thing with killers of the flower moon, poor things, holdovers. So I feel like they kind of honed in on the movies that they knew, you know, deserve to be there and kind of just spread the wealth throughout those. Mm-hmm. But of course, I mean, it's the Oscars a little bit outdated just with their overall voting, I would say. And um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's definitely some obvious snubs, which we'll get into. But surprisingly, I think for the most part, they did get it right. Um, I am intrigued a lot to see kind of who wins out a lot of these categories. Because I think a lot of them, in a sense, could be coin flips. um, Or they just may go the route of just giving Oppenheimer everything, which I think would be okay, too. But yeah, again, I mean, I'm not really surprised by the nominations. But it is interesting kind of to see maybe who would deserve it a little bit more than others. Yeah, I think... There are definitely some that I could see could go chalk, like are pretty the obvious picks. But I think there's some. There's a few that are a tight race. I think so. It'd be interesting to talk about that. But Corbin, then I'll, I'll finally I'll toss to you. Do you feel similarly about the discourse, or or are you kind of the opinion that like you know it happens every year? There's always a snub that someone talks about, and then we just you know we forgive and forget, and then those movies tend to like live on more powerfully in in some cases. The- I think the big thing, and I think it's a great thing for us as four people who care about this shit way too much, True. is that just like the the general discourse was so strong about Barbie because everyone saw it and everyone yeah. cared about it. Mm-hmm. And it is rare that we have Barbie and Oppenheimer, two of the three highest grossing movies of the year, also being recognized at the yeah. awards. Like if you go back historically, that's not, you know, you have one or two every year, but it's it's very rare that something so popular to the general public is also so critically acclaimed. Um, so that's, you're just going to have, everybody's going to be talking about it. But like, this is, like you said, Carter, how the Oscars are kind of every year. There's always going to be snubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get into the thing where it's like, you know, 
Greta and Margot are being recognized for Barbie in a certain sort of way because they're being nominated for Best Picture. Um, there's also 10 Best Picture nominees and five slots in every other category. And it used to be that there was only five and five and things were a lot worse. So it's kind of, this is just the way it is, right? It's, it's yeah. also just a club of, of silly people who are nominating <laughs> John Williams for the 54th time and Diane boy. Warren for the 15th time in the last you know 30 years. It, it's stupid. Yeah, I was. I had to remind my. It was a good reminder of my for, to myself the this week because yesterday Lauren asked me like, so I've been reading a lot about the Barbie discourse and like also like this would never have crossed Lauren's radar if this were any other movie, and yeah. she was like, do you think the Oscars will like put out a statement? And then I was like, no, like that's not, <laughs> that's not how this works. But like it's it's interesting that like it is in the mainstream culture now, like which not a lot of times it is, and. uh and I think it is just a reminder. It's just a it's just a club of people with made up awards and made up things and people get mad about them or they don't. And we're here to do both today. So um, we're going to go through now and uh, talk about some nominations. We're going to start with ones that everyone knows and loves. Um, we're going to start with documentary short film, everybody. And the nominees are the ABCs of Book Banning, The Barber of Little Rock, Island in Between, The Last Repair Shop, and Nai Nai and Wei Po. Uh, Cody, I know these are all jumping out at you as like, wow, these are these are awesome. I've seen all these. Um, of all the ones you've seen, which one which one are you thinking is <laughs> is the one that is going to take home this prize? You know, I think this this category is wide open in my eyes. Uh, <laughs> probably, because, probably because I have not seen uh, too many of these, unfortunately. I think just from uh, like titles and, and some of the filmmakers attached that I would know. I think maybe the ABCs of book banning maybe mm -hmm. jumps out just because I think that is a super interesting topic that um, kind of throughout history, there's been tons of sort of literature and books that have kind of been pushed away. So maybe they do something cool with that. Um, other than that, I mean, I want to check out Nine Night and Wipo just for the title too. So I, title. I think for me, yeah, those would be the standouts just, uh, just off titles basically. Yeah. I love it. Going off titles, a lot of times helps you out in this category. So I would agree. Um, Corbin, are you feeling the same way? Are you going somewhere else or what are you feeling? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to uh, getting eyes on things. I know Nene and, and Waipo is uh, a Disney thing. It's a, it's being backed by them. It's a lot of money there. So I would pick that here just right off the bat, but I haven't gotten a chance to check any of these out. Um, I'll say with like all these shorts, Look around at your local theaters. Sometimes they will show in packages. Like you can go check them all out or, or maybe mm -hmm. like do half of them. Mm -hmm. um, I know last year I got to go see like all the animated shorts right in a row. So definitely look into doing that um, because there's a lot of great things. That's the awesome thing about the Oscars. It's uplifting things that you might not know about. Absolutely. Uh, Jackson, are you going, where are you going with this? Um, based off of, all the information I have, I'm going to go with the ABCs of book banning, just because I feel like that's somehow a really topical subject right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure it's very prevalent and interesting in that way. So, yep, I'm going to agree with with all you here. Um, I've seen The Last Repair Shop and the ABCs of book banning. And uh, you can check that out on Paramount Plus, I believe, um, as well. So, yeah, it was really interesting and, and obviously very prevalent, I believe. So, yeah, that's my pick as well. So. Great start. And let's move on to animated short film. We have the nominees are Letter to a Pig, 95 Senses, Our Uniform, Pasha Derme, 
And pachyderm. War- pa- oh, is that how pachyderm is spelled? Yes. That's, wow. That's a pachyderm. I just learned something today. That's incredible. Um, and War is Over, inspired by the music of John and Yoko. Corbin, I'll start with you, buddy. You big John and Yoko fan? I was just going to say, if that's the John and Yoko, I think it is. That's my pick. The very same. That many Yokos. Popular people. Um, yeah. Again, haven't got a chance to look too much into these, but I think you throw a celebrity name, well-liked music, uh, John Lennon, well-respected figure in some mm-hmm. circles and not in others. Uh, but I think the Academy is the type of people that would be interested in this. <laughs> this is very true. They love rewarding dead people. So War is over. Yeah. Based on that John and Yoko song. So we'll see about that. Um, Jackson, you feeling the same? Or are you going to go to the Pachyderme? I'm going to go with Pachyderm. Yeah. Just because I'm, I'm researching what a Pachyderm is. Because I knew it was something animal-like. But it's uh, it means thick and uh like thickened skin are like the root words and it's about uh it's hoofed animals having thickish skin so elephants hippos rhinos tapirs horses and pigs okay so who knows maybe it's a pig maybe there's a letter to a pig pig versus pachyderm battle i love Mm -hmm, it um cody what about you buddy you uh you gonna deviate pick a different one or um probably not i mean just looking at the titles again i feel like the animal ones always stand out to me so letter to a pig sounds super interesting i will definitely have to check that one out and uh, the more jackson went into talking about pachyderms that kind of interested me more and more um but but i think i'm gonna be boring i mean i do like john lennon a lot uh yoko ono you know maybe a little bit less but war is over is, is a really great song so i think uh just off of that alone i'd probably have to lean that direction huge i I will say, reading more about the actual short film, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what a pachyderm is. Is what I'm <laughs> finding out. Well, do, maybe it's a bear. I think well, hey, in the end, throws things off for a little you're, bit. You're gonna have to watch the the animated mm. short film to find out. Maybe I don't know. Sounds mm. like there was a monster involved in the short. Ooh, film. Ooh. interesting. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and go. War is over for now. I will say, 95 Senses is stars Tim Blake Nelson. Great guy. Ooh. And also is directed by the guy that directed Napoleon Dynamite. So keep your eye out on that one. Jared Hess, I think, directs it. So good stuff there. Wonderful. Let's move on to uh, our final of these shorts, uh, live action short film. Uh, The nominees are The After, Invincible, Night of Fortune, Red, White, and Blue, and The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. Corbin, I'll start with you, buddy. Um, I think we're familiar with at least one of these, uh, all of us, I would say. are you riding the West train? Well, you see, Netflix uh, did a little thing called password sharing. Uh, <laughs> oh. And wah, wah. I could not watch this movie when it released. I knew, do now have Netflix back again, stealing it from my parents. They they, they can't get me. Uh, but <laughs> at the time, I didn't get a chance to watch it. And I haven't come around to it. But I do see that being the winner because it's Wes Anderson mm-hmm. uh, finally getting a chance to win an Oscar. <laughs> Yeah, happened ever. Who, who would have thunk it in live action short film? Um, uh, Jackson, Cody, are you both kind of leaning the same way here? I've, if this one feels like a pretty obvious yeah. one, I think. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Uh, Corbin, I recently got Netflix as well, so you can steal my account now instead of your parents. But uh, yeah, I mean, even the West is like uh, you know uh, film this year. 
Oh, I'm blanking Vice Jesus. Asteroid, Asteroid City. City yeah. yeah, I mean, it's on my team. I should not. I mean, even his film this year, <laughs> Asteroid City. No love at the Oscars, which I, it was a pretty early release, to be fair. But I did enjoy it a good deal. So I think maybe uh, the Academy has overlooked him in the past, too. So this would be a good one kind of just to make up for all that as well. Yeah, I definitely think they overlooked Asteroid City. I would love to see it here in a couple other categories, but unfortunately not. Um, yeah, I think this is how Wes is going to get his Oscar, which is kind of cool. So looking forward to seeing that. Uh, great stuff. Um, let's move on to documentary feature film now. Uh, our nominees are Bobby Wine, The People's President, The Eternal Memory, Four Daughters, To Kill a Tiger, and 20 Days in Mariupol. Uh, let's start with you, Jackson. Um, what do you, where are you leaning here? Do you know anything about any of these documentaries? I, I know nothing about any of these. So for now, I'm going to go with the eternal memory. Nice. That's, and then I'll watch all of these and I'll change it. I believe that's a, like an, an Alzheimer's documentary. If I, if mm. I'm not mistaken, uh, I also don't if know. If Anthony Hopkins can get it, then, uh, <laughs> anybody can get that man. Never forget that ceremony. Wow. What a time that was. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonderful. Going to the eternal memory. Uh, Cody, what from, are you feeling? Oh, sorry, Corbin. Go ahead. I was going to say the eternal memory from MTV documentary films. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Come on. Cody, you, you riding MTV? <laughs> I'd say probably not. There's a weird like genre mashing too of, of Alzheimer's and MTV. <laughs> um, so maybe it's really good. But the one that catches my eye here, obviously, is to kill a tiger. I mean, yeah. uh, that's not some sort of like nursery rhyme or is it actually going after tigers? So I think just uh, off of my curi- curiosity there, I would lean mm-hmm. that way. Excellent. Corbin, what are you feeling? Uh, I think 20 Days of Mariupol uh, with kind of the greater Ukraine-Russia conflict. Back. Mm. It, feels, it feels like the winner. Yeah, this is this is a documentary about Ukrainian journalists that are kind of trapped in this besieged city during the Russian invasion. So that feels pretty prescient. And didn't okay, yeah. Navalny like last year? Didn't that? Yeah, is that the, the well, one? I don't Russian know. There's spy, been a lot of Ukraine, right? yeah, academy yeah. stuff. And didn't year. um, what's his name? I could totally blank on his name. Didn't he talk at the Oscars last year? Didn't he zoom in? Zelensky. Zelensky. Couldn't think of his name. Didn't he Skype in or something during the ceremony? And well, it was a recorded video. I didn't think he was just talking during it. But who knows? Maybe. Maybe, I don't know. I think you had again? turned down. I think you had a fever dream that that did happen. Uh, <laughs> maybe, I dreamt. Fears that... maybe I dreamt it. <laughs> he wanted, there's a, there's a variety article. Oscars for dragged <laughs> Ukrainian. Oh, president. amazing. Zelensky's bid to appear on telecast. <laughs> I had a Mandela effect. Incredible. Uh, uh, wonderful. Thank God. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah I, that feels like the winner. What do you think, Carter? <laughs> I'm, I'm also going with that just, just for now. The, Cause I saw like there were some forecasts that this would sneak into international feature film as well. Um, so I think it's that powerful, so maybe that'll ride the wave, but I'm going to go with that for now, but I will definitely check out all of these as well. Um, let's move on to international feature film. Um, our nominees are Io Capitano from Italy, Perfect Days from Japan, Society of the Snow from Spain, The Teacher's Lounge from Germany, and The Zone of Interest from the United Kingdom. I'll start with you, Corbin, here. Um, have you you checked out at least one of these? I think right zone of interest. I assume. Yes, I have uh, gotten a chance to see the zone of interest, and I do mm-hmm. think that is uh, the film most likely to win in this category. It's the case of the same thing we've seen in the last like two or three years, where one movie from Best International is also nominated in Best Picture, and it's like, well, yeah, it's 
kind of obvious what's going to win here. Uh, I, the zone of interest is that case. We could have obviously had uh, a little bit of a more interesting competition had Anatomy of a Fall been selected by France. I know Cody has some thoughts on that, so I'll, I'll throw it over to him. <laughs> yeah, they dropped the ball, I think, Cody, right? Would you agree? Oh, I completely agree. And yeah, if you haven't checked out our uh, episodes predicting nominations, I did choose Anatomy of Fall here and, and thought it was definitely a shoe in. Um, what, what's the food movie? I, I don't even know the title, guys. What is it? The Taste of Things. Taste. Yeah. Do you guys hear like why that happened? No, not really. Was, was wasn't it that the, the director didn't like the the president of France or something like that? Yeah, like Justine Trier at Khan, like on stage, said spat stuff about Macron. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. So then a lot of people are like, oh, well, then that's why France didn't pick it, which is funny. Um, okay. And it didn't even get nominated in this category. It's not even one of those, one of the five. That is yeah. crazy. That is unfortunate because I think uh, it would have been an, an interesting kind of battle between that and the zone of interest. But okay. yeah, I feel like this is kind of a, a no brainer to go to the zone of interest way. I will say off the top too, my kind of two misses that I haven't seen are the zone of interest and American fiction. So those are kind of my blind spots here. But maybe also Society of Snow could, uh, you know, backdoor here uh, sneakily. But I mean, obviously the the best picture nom I feel like is pretty telling. Yeah, I mean, Society of the Snow pops up a few other places, which maybe shows uh, some support there. What do you think, Jackson? Is there a does it seem like a battle between Society of the Snow and Zone of Interest for you, or do um, you think I it's mean, pretty firmly Zone of Interest? If I, I I think it'll probably be Zone of Interest, but Society of Snow is one I want to check out just because it sounds really fascinating. It's based on a true story, I guess, of a plane crash and like people surviving in in uh, the mountains. I guess so that sounds yeah. kind of sick. Um, so you never know. I mean, stuff like that happens, but I, I feel like I feel pretty confident going to the zone of interest. I would just say just in general, as we keep going, I would love to be like shocked by it's been a while since I was shocked mm-hmm. by like, like out of nowhere, blindsided by a win in like a good way. But we'll see. I don't know. We'll get there. I feel like we've always been like shocked in the sense of like, wow, they did They did what the people wanted and gave everything everywhere all at once what it deserves. Like, yeah. but that's like not really the same type of feeling. Yeah. But then like you in that instance yeah you you already get the feeling and you like the narrative turns that way like a month before yeah. like oh now momentum is leaning towards mm-hmm. everything everywhere i feel like we just know too much now and like the last truly shocking one was like when mark rylance beat sylvester stallone like that was one where i was like what the hell we're giving <laughs> this guy not sylvester stallone but yeah i don't know maybe we'll have one of those this year who's to say um, if, we're, if we're going for underdog betting picks for this category, I'll, I'll posit a, a perfect days. I'll, I'll throw that out there. Vin perfect Vinders, days plus 350. Four time nominated, <laughs> you know, get this guy an Oscar in international. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. He's, he is a German filmmaker working in Japan. I did send you guys uh, that tweet that was kind of talking about how this international <laughs> category is really interesting where it's like, you have African filmmakers doing the Italian movie and the UK movie is a German. Like there's a lot of, it's truly an international body that's it's working pretty wild. Here. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe it'll come in strong for Vim Paris, Texas. Love that movie. Great film. Great flick. Paris, Texas. Wonderful. Um, let's move on to costume design. Um, Cody's favorite category. We have Barbie killers of the flower moon, Napoleon Oppenheimer, and poor things. Jackson, I got to start with you because Napoleon for costume design. Um, this was yeah, your shot in I the dark it. pick. 
Um, mm-hmm. What did you know, man? Like, did you just have a great a gut feeling, or what was the? Deal? I just know that they love period pieces and will give anything to a period piece. Usually, sometimes. And oh, yeah, yeah, it felt right. Um, I think I'm gonna throw to Barbie here, just because I feel like it's safer. I feel like poor things could also be like a maybe a sneaky pick there, mm-hmm. but. I mean, Barbie was just doing such cool things and like uh, bringing all these toy fashions to the real world uh, in a life-size way. And I think that that will go uh, and get some love in that way because Barbie is so branded around like the products and the toys and the clothes. So I think bringing that to life will definitely uh, get some voters' attentions. Uh, Corbin, do you agree there or are you, uh, you going somewhere else? Yeah, I'll, I'll shout out Napoleon for uh, all the clothes that had to both, you know, be taken off and put on in that movie. There's a lot of that. Hey, I saw that with uh, my parents. Same thing with the poor <laughs> things, I guess. Uh, but I think this is Barbie's. I think uh, Jacqueline Duran, she's a two-time winner. She also won for Little Women with Greta Gerwig. Mm-hmm. So uh, let that continue. I, I don't know if Barbie's going to get a lot. And I think this is a place where it did really shine. Um, they've recreated so many of these like costumes and like you know, actual figures of dolls and put them into real life. And it was really well done. looks great. Uh, Cody, you're going three for three here. Or are you going to throw your love to Napoleon? <laughs> I won't throw too much to, uh, love towards Napoleon. I think for me, like the sort of storyline here is I kind of think of uh, costume and, and production design a little bit similarly. And there's similar noms here too. And I don't know, just like Barbie being left out of some of the other nominations does worry me. I think um, maybe it would be a split of Barbie winning this in costume design or winning production design and then Mm. poor things winning the opposite. And I think maybe like the production design for Barbie was a little bit stronger than the costumings in my eyes. So I might be winning poor things here. I I think, um, I mean, similar Corbin slides, obviously uh, there's a lot of clothes being put on and off here, but um, like Jackson said, I mean, the period piece I think might shine through compared to the more modern, the more modern age of Barbie. Yeah, I, I think it is a two horse race. I'm actually leaning your way, Cody. I think I'm also feeling poor things as like a, a sleeper pick here. I think the costuming in in poor things is pretty is pretty stellar, and all of Bella's outfits are just insane and, and awesome. So I am kind of leaning here. But since we're talking about it, let's hop to production design and and kind of have that conversation. Um, nominees are Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. So the same categories the, the five for five here um so yeah are you feeling cody i'm kind of with you here too i'm picking barbie for this production design um because because of what jackson has said time and time again which is also a great point just the the scaling of it it's the number one imdb trivia fact as corbin pointed out to us which is awesome just the scaling of all the the sets and all the dream houses and everything in the barbie world is is pretty incredible so but then like you have all these other things like they built a full town in both Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon. Like, yeah. That's pretty incredible, too. Um, Napoleon, you know, lots of cool um, locations, shots and things like that. And, and yeah, the poor things one is just very whimsical and things like that. But I don't know. What are your guys thoughts? Are you leaning Barbie here as well? Or do you have another thought? Anybody? I'm pretty split between Barbie and poor things. This is the mm-hmm. most where I just can't decide between those two. Uh, but I think I would give it to Barbie uh, again in this category. 
huge ratios man yeah i think barbie also but i wouldn't be shocked if like killers won somehow that'd be cool i can see that there is yeah. a world where killers of the flower moon like you know all these nominations zero wins so yeah that'd yeah. be pretty that'd be pretty rough irishman all yeah. over again um so cody so the irishman sucks <laughs> tough take um Sorry. cody do you agree not with the irishman but barbie <laughs> I do agree with the Irishman too. But, uh, <laughs> shout out Jesse Plumpkins, but I don't. This is a really tough one, honestly. Like out of those four, minus Napoleon, like I wouldn't be too mad about any of these kind of taken at home. Mm-hmm. Um, even like the the super practicality of poor things too, I think is uh, underrated. Even like when they're on the boat and that background for the most part, like the pinkish uh, hues and stuff, most of that was practical. And so like the Yorgos always kind of wants to see like what his actors can do while kind of he's filming in a sense which i think is cool so i would definitely still lean barbie though i mean even the scale stuff is off the wall off the wall so i think i would lean that way but this is a super tight category i think i love it i love that when the technical categories get all nitty-gritty great stuff um and i, I do want to say i do think uh this is a prime example of um a snub for asteroid city i think that oh, yeah. would have been maybe my my choice out of this this year's selection so totally i mean west was snubbed a, a two years ago too for for french dispatch too so i don't know yeah. if the love has just like soured on the wes anderson experience for people or i mean he shows up in short film but yeah i don't know but we'll see maybe in any future films but i mean asteroid city was pretty amazing so what can you do um Let's move on to makeup and hairstyling now. Um, everyone's favorite movie, Golda, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and Society of the Snow. Did anyone hear of Golda before the nominations came out? No, Great. I did not. Wonderful. Weirdly, um, I hadn't heard of it, but I had like seen imagery of it. I couldn't have told you the name, <laughs> but I'd seen it around. Yes. Um, this is just seems like Helen Mirren in uh, some old person makeup. Um, it doesn't look like Helen Mirren. I'll give him that. Yeah, you know transformation. Um, sure. but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Corbin, what are you thinking on this one? I think this is the start of the Oppenheimer wave. At mm. least that's what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not start in makeup. We still have a lot of really, you know, impressive fat suits and prosthetics with Maestro. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, everything that's happening with Defoe's prosthetics and important things. But the, th- mm. the thing about Oppenheimer that's so impressive, it's this range of ages played by the characters um, that are extremely well represented. And it's all just done with a little bit of a haircut and just like the tiniest little bit of makeup. And mm. that's it. And like it's so well crafted and so done with care um, that I, I can really appreciate all, just the entire range that they put together. Beautiful. Cody, are you thinking the same way? Is this the Oppenheimer train beginning for you? I would not be shocked if it won here. Kind of similar thinking, though, uh, of Corbin there uh, with Maestro in that, I mean, we see kind of a really young Bradley Cooper, um, even at the beginning, but we see really, really old Bradley Cooper. I think that prosthetic nose was uh, actually pretty well handled. So I think maybe I would be going that way. This is another one, too. I think like I haven't seen Society of the Snow. I assume there's a decent amount of like prosthetic work in that as well, though, right? Yeah, a lot of like, you gotta wo- make them look cold. And, yeah, wounds yeah. and cuts and things like that. Yeah. So I think that could be a sleeper too, but um, just for that uh, Lenny nose, I think <laughs> I'm feeling maestro so far. Uh, Jackson, you riding with Lenny nose or are you riding with Oppie? 
I think I'm going to go Oppy here. Uh, I do think Society of Snow could maybe have some sneaky stuff just because they, they need to make someone look freezing and on the brink of death. And that's, you know, a little more compelling, I guess. Um, but also Robert Downey Jr. had some cool, he had a cool look to him. I feel like they transformed him a little bit. And uh, and yeah, I, I could see that. Um, for now, I'm just, I'm going to ride with Maestro as well. Um, just solely off of the... Um... Like this might be their way to reward Lenny Bernstein in a weird way. And also maybe Bradley Cooper, kind of, you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see. And I don't I'm scared to see what Bradley Cooper does next. I think we need to recognize him in some powerful way or he's going to spiral. But we'll see. I, th- I think Maestro will receive zero zero wins. That's what it I feels like. If it wins, this probably is the place. Though. This is probably You're the only right. place. I Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. I don't know where else it would. Maybe sound, maybe. Yeah, maybe sound, which maybe. um which is a great segue Jackson because that's the next category we're going to talk about. Thank you very much. Um mm-hmm. our nominees in sound are The Creator, Maestro, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, No Longer Part 1, mm. Oppenheimer and The Zone of Interest. Um I'll start I guess I'll start with you Jackson. Do you think it'll win for Maestro will win for sound? No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but maybe uh, th- this this could be one of the switch ups. Uh, I do want to shout out Mission Impossible. Just getting like a cool nom here, like kind of random. But uh, the movie was a blast, even though Corbin's a hater on it. Um, First nomination yeah. for that franchise, which is cool. That's interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. And I feel very like cool. that that franchise always does sound very masterfully, especially like in the silence of moments. Um, but I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to give this to Oppenheimer just for the Trinity test, like the, the stress, the, the, the theater experience of, of experiencing the explosion, uh, was just earth. Like I, my soul was shaking, which was awesome. So I'm going to give it to Oppie there yeah. really was. It was, it was a moment to be had in theaters. Um, Corbin, do you want to throw your weight behind love and support for mission impossible right here or I'll pass on that. Uh, and I won't say anything uh, negative about it either because we're we're, we're celebrating movies. Oh, there uh, it is. Oppenheimer. Uh, how do you capture a nuclear bomb going off in a movie? You can't really fully, but through the power of sound design, uh, you can come pretty damn close. And it was a relative revelatory experience in a movie theater. And I think a lot of people experience it in a movie theater. I think it's going to be well recognized here uh, in this category. Cody, do you agree? I do agree. And clarify, I think it's an atomic bomb, right? Not a nuclear bomb. Corbin. Yeah. Uh, rewatch it again, buddy. Uh, Revisionist <laughs> history. <laughs> Gosh. But um, for me, I think when I came out of Oppenheimer, I said, I think it's going to win for best sound at the Oscars. And Call I don't shot. think anything. Yeah, I don't think anything yet has really changed my mind yet. Yeah. Um, the one that does. Well, I haven't seen uh, Mission Impossible, actually. So I, I can't speak negatively on it either. But the one that did shock me a lot here was the creator. Yeah. Which um, I like the visual effects. I mean, Gareth Edwards um, visual style over water, I think, is unmatched, which we'll get yeah. to in a second. Mm-hmm. But I was pretty shocked. Um, it, it showed up here in sound. I think there's definitely some other things that um, could have replaced that. But yeah, for, for me, Oppy is definitely the choice. Yeah, I agree. I wasn't expecting to see the creator. Um, so I guess a pleasant surprise there I, I suppose but also i do do want to shout out the sound design of zone of interest which is just very haunting and sticks with you so in a definitely a special kind of way so but i am going to ride with oppenheimer here as well 
Um, we're alluding to it. Let's hop to visual effects then. Um, the nominees are The Creator, Godzilla Minus One, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, and Napoleon for the third nomination and the final nomination for Napoleon. Um, Corbin, we'll start with you. We could ignore the Dead Reckoning once again. Um, what are you feeling here? Um, do, first of all, is this what you expected to see here or were there any shocks for you? I don't know if it was necessarily a shock, but I think it was really exciting to see Godzilla minus one. Absolutely. In, in visual effects. Um, Napoleon, I guess, was a surprise. Uh, but, you know, three technical nominations, the support was clearly there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see Godzilla minus one take home this win. It's kind of the cool thing of like, these nominations are picked by the people within their body. So clearly the fellow VFX artists recognize uh, the amazing work that was done on such a limited budget. Godzilla does look really good and he looks better than what Warner brothers is doing for, <laughs> you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, there's, there was no monkey though, sadly. Uh, mm. But now that it's gotten into the nomination process, there's also just such a general appreciation for it. I think it's going to, you know, be pushed into the wind as well because it was truly like a, a hit, a surprise smash hit with, with a lot of people. It's, critical and commercially um cody i'll let you defend two of your movies um guardians of the galaxy volume three first if you feel some support and also you have godzilla x kong is that that's what it's called right the new one in um in this new draft for the new season so right. um what are you feeling i think um i think guardians does have a good chance here honestly um especially being kind of this bookend marvel movie um just maybe from that standpoint it could get some extra votes um, I think also too it was Rob maybe a little bit in makeup and hairstyling with all of the weird kind of animal characters True. they had on that planet, and even uh, the villain with all of the stuff going on with his face and stuff. Very much. Um, but my favorite here is as well Godzilla minus one. I mean, I think even just for that uh, atomic breath scene, um, it deserved a nom, and maybe it deserves a win off of that alone. So that would be where I'm leaning here. Um, I thought it was interesting too with Mission Impossible. Isn't kind of the entire point, like, um, everything's practical with Tom Cruise? He's doing all his stunts. Does that play into, like, the visual effects? I, I don't I don't know um, kind of how that lines up in my eyes. I, su- I suppose because I think people forget that the visual effects category isn't always special effects or digital effects. It's, it can also be practical, which is why, for some reason, Oppenheimer's not here because what the hell? Yeah. That's a big snub here, I think. So, yeah, I guess this is the closest that you get to given a stunt nomination, I suppose, maybe for, <laughs> for Tom Cruise, which I still think may be coming someday if there's overwhelming support for that, which would be cool. But um, Jackson, what about you? There seems to be overwhelming Godzilla minus one support. Yeah, I want to throw some uh, throw support at that as well um, for my pick, just because I think that would be such a fun one to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 had some really good moments. And when you have so many... Uh, emotional beats be relied on a, a child raccoon that can talk um, going through all this pain and emotion and stuff like to be able to emote and relate to that. I think you need to have the visual effects looking really good. And I think, yeah, all their like creature design stuff was like for the, in the digital stuff was really good as well as the practical. So I, I could see that one winning too, but I, I'm going to throw support to Godzilla in this one. As am I, um, there's been a clip circulating circulating around on Twitter of the, the, the team celebrating the nomination when it came on screen. So that was really cool. 
they had like all the little Godzilla figurines watching the screen with them, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm also throwing my weight behind it. I think this could be an awesome win and to see them go on, on stage. Um, and right. the Godzilla minus one minus color is like coming out this weekend. So it's True. got that like perfect campaign as well yep. too. So it's, they're doing a great I think job. it's lining up. Well. Did you guys see that they're re-releasing Tenet as well for those support see there? So there you go. Super weird. Tenet, Tenet. Fucking Tenet awesome, Hive. Jackson. Go see it. Tenet Hive, come sure. back. Rise up. We're so back. It saved movies, Jackson. Remember that? Wow. Nope. Time. Okay. I was there, yeah. It did give us Oppenheimer, though. I will say Oppenheimer partially saved movies. I'll give him that, but definitely not Tenet. I was going to say, I'm I'm shocked that Nolan and and Warner Brothers kind of made up a little bit. So shout Mm -hmm. out to Nolan. He's a good guy, I guess, too. It is a test. Hey, he's not necessarily locked down with Universal long term. He might uh, might be tempted back. He's playing the game. Universal has some good contracts, though. Like, they got Jordan Peele over there right now. They have um, the Daniels, I think, signed a contract for Mm -hmm. Universal. Like, they got some cool stuff working. Over there. Hell yeah. Beautiful. Let's move on to film editing. Uh, We've got Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Jackson, what do you think? Could there be an Anatomy of a Fall wave here? That would actually be really fun. I wouldn't hate that at all just because... To to show the the facts of the case, to go back and forth... um, I think that, uh, that could be a really good one. There's that moment where they play the uh, fight in the court scene and it kind of goes back and forth. And I think that's really strong there. Um, but I feel like Oppenheimer will win this. But I'm, I kind of, I, I want to go Anatomy of the Fall here. I think Oppenheimer will win, but I'm, I want to support Anatomy. I love it. I love it. Support those French courts, baby. Mm-hmm. Um Corbin, what do you think? Are you uh, you leaning towards uh, Oppenheimer, or your pick was the holdovers for this category in our game? Um, you feeling some holdovers love? Uh, I'm gonna go Oppenheimer here. Uh, shout out to Jennifer Lame, the editor of the movie. Uh, it's an incredibly well done. I mean, as as Cody, I think wisely said, the Christopher Nolan movies are are built in the edit, right? So uh, there's a lot of work to be done here. Uh, I know you're a fan of the big picture, Carter. They did a good interview with uh, Jennifer Lame, Ludwig mm-hmm. Goranson, and Hoyt Van Hoytema. Uh, all, I think, campaigning strongly and all have a good chance to win in their respective categories. But uh, yeah, the, the editing in this, to keep the pacing of a, a three-hour film going and strong throughout, you need a, a well-crafted hand. Uh, Cody, I think I know where you're going. Corbin just spoke the praises of you, so I think you're leaning <laughs> oppy. Yeah, I am definitely leaning that way. I mean, Corbin, he kind of took the words of my mouth there, too. It makes like a three-hour movie um, feel like almost a two-hour movie in my eyes. And kind of the interweaving, interweaving excuse me, like storylines, similar to Anatomy of a Fall, but kind of going back and forth between time, the whole black and white color shift, I think is really yeah, cool. Yeah. So just super creative stuff there. I did want to shout out uh, the holdovers, though, as well. Kind of just like a throwback to the 70s as a whole. They have a couple cool like freeze-frame moments. So I think that could be an <laughs> underrated one, but... I feel like this is usually a pretty good precursor to a uh, best picture winner too here. So I would be utterly surprised if, if Oppie didn't come out on top here. I agree uh, with all the statements you've said, but I also just want to shout out Thelma Schoonmaker, um, Marty's longtime editor for killers of the flower moon. So great stuff there. Make it a fourth one for, I mean, I wouldn't be mad. Why not? Time. Why not us? Um, let's get musical guys. Let's move on to original score. 
Uh, we have Laura Karpman for American Fiction. John Williams, The Goat for Indiana <laughs> Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Robbie Robertson, Rest in Peace for Killers of the Flower Moon. Ludwig Goransson for Oppenheimer. And Jerskin Fendrix for Poor Things. Um, Cody, I'll start with you. Um, big John Williams guy. Um, I do like John Williams in general. I think um, in my eyes, that is definitely the outlier here. Um, I'll just throw out a an, ab- an obvious snub off the top. Uh, Daniel Pemberton, yeah, or, um, across the, or yeah, across the Spider Verse. Uh, that was probably my favorite of the year. So I'm very disappointed that did not make the cuts. Mm-hmm. But I think this category could go really anyway. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon is amazing. I think Oppenheimer is, is probably the favorite right now, which is fair. But my favorite, I think, is Poor Things. I think just uh, score-wise, it's kind of the most creative, the most out there. But I think especially the the context of the movie, it works really, really well. So that's probably my personal favorite, but maybe not the one that'll win. Yeah, I, I, that's definitely a weirder one to to sneak in here. And I agree. I think John Williams stole the Spider-Verse spot, which is unfortunate. Because I think we all picked that for our for our Oscar game over on your guys' pod. Um, Corbin, what, what about you? Are you feeling... Uh, the love for Ludwig. Yeah, man. I Cody knows that I've been a huge <laughs> fan of his for, for a long time. I, I always take any chance to shout him out uh, going back to those community new girl days. Uh, he, he's been working and I'm a big fan, longtime producer, Donald Glover, Charles Gambino. Um, but I, I will say Robbie Robertson, uh, you know, obviously having passed away and also, you know, him also as a man having indigenous roots, this is a, kind of like a personal score to him as well he's a longtime collaborator of uh martin scorsese going all the way back to you know the last waltz uh i could see that popping in as well uh get get the fucking john williams shit out of here though (laughs) (laughs) oscar nominated dial of destiny is just so crazy to me huge for you jackson uh got got you those (laughs) that's true got you some bonus points um (laughs) uh what do you think jackson are you throwing weight towards towards your boy john uh, no, I'm going Oppenheimer here just because of the Can You Hear the Music song is like so stuck in my head. The way it changes, I think it changes tempo like 20 times or something like that. And they like recorded it live, which is also insane, like for an orchestra to do um, it just some really complicated pieces in there that I think were fantastic. So, yeah, I'm going Oppenheimer. Uh, I am as well, although it, it's like a two. It's like between that and Killers for me, just for. Robbie Robertson and I just recently watched the last waltz for the first time a couple months ago in prep for our Scorsese pod. So he's on the dome. He's, he's been on the brain lately. So, and also I guess I'll just give a quick shout out to the American fiction score, which is a cool jazzy um, score. So enjoy that. Um, let's move on to original song. Uh, we have the fire inside from flaming hot by Diane Warren. Always there. No one's heard the song. I'm Just Ken from Barbie by Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt. It Never Went Away from American Symphony by John Batiste and Dan Wilson. Wasashi, a song for my people by Scott George. That's from Killers of the Flower Moon. And What Was I Made For from Barbie by Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell. Are we all thinking Billy and Phineas here? Or I don't want to step on any toes. Or you think there's a, a crazy I'm Just Ken wave out there? Nah, two-time winner, Billie Eilish. It sounds it sounds right. It's too good. Yeah. Two-time. Would you be outraged if it like went to to Mark Ronson instead? Would that be a kind of a weird step in in the narrative? 
If it went to I'm just Ken, I'd be really mad. I would yeah. be. Yeah, I would be really annoyed. I, I, I mean, I don't even think he should have been nominated for supporting. Actor. I agree. Does he perform I'm at so the Oscars? That. Does that happen? Like, will they perform no. that with? I don't. Or will it be Simu Liu? I don't think he'll do instead? it unless they pay him I one that. billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I don't think Ryan Gosling's doing that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think we all agree here. I think Billy's going. Billy and Phineas going for the second. So beautiful. That was easy. Cinematography. We have Edward Lasher. Was Lash- Dua Lipa snubbed? Just real quick. Was Dua Lipa snubbed? No. Uh, I don't think so either. Over, I'm, I don't oh, think over I'm just, I'm just Ken. Ken? Like, that's, I'd, take, I'd take I just Ken over that personally. What about the alien song from Asteroid City? Oh, that's a good. I mean, I would that's take anything over Arden the heaven. fire inside. So, <laughs> yeah. And I haven't heard the John Batiste song, but there's the, the Academy loves that guy. There's overwhelming support for him. So, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there are a couple snubs here. Very strange. Peaches? You want peaches here? No. I just wanted Jack Black Definitely to perform. Not. That's I all. Maybe he, he'll bring it. I he think will. Still, that's still on the table, I think. He could just show up with his... <laughs> he was out there. He was at the Jonas Brother concert. He, he was, was campaigning, man. He was working. Yeah. So, all love to Jack Black. Um, let's move on to cinematography then. Um, our nominees are El Conde, uh, cinematography by Edward Latchman. Uh Rodrigo Prieto for Killers of the Flower Moon, Matthew Libatique for Maestro, Hoyt von Hoytema for Oppenheimer, and Robbie Ryan for Poor Things. There's a lot of fun names in this category. Uh, Cody, what do you think here in, in cinematography? I I doubt that you've seen or know anything about El Conde because I don't really. So yeah, if you don't, I surely don't as well. But <laughs> yeah, that is a one I don't know too much about, but. Again, I feel like maybe uh, saying the same things over and over, but I think Oppenheimer is probably the the clear front runner here. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think Killers of the Flower Moon is maybe a close second. They do a lot of very cool stuff, uh, sort of like uh, cinematography in there as well, too. A lot of different shots, but I think just the overall kind of uh, a base of Oppenheimer is going to be tough to stop here. You know what's funny? All of these movies have a black and white element except for Killers of the Flower Moon, which is interesting. Um does it not at the end when they're in the theater or like in the oh, prime right. theater? That's not, that black, black, that's not, no, that's not black and white. But there, there's, I mean, there's okay. like a, a 60 second sequence where they do like the. Oh, that's true. Osage. They do have the. Here's the story of the Osage. People. So all of them have kind of black and whitey elements. I think yeah. El Conde does. I can't say that with 100%. The others heavily. But... The others definitely. Yes. So it, very interesting. Um, Corbin, you riding the, the Oppenheimer train still? Still growing? I think so. Hoyt Van Hoytema, uh, Jackson. I know you're a huge Nope fan. This is mm. his. This is payback for that. He should have won best cinematography. That's a that snub. Match. Yeah, true. Um, so, uh, I mean, this this movie looks incredible. It's the thing of not only is it shot in black and white, but they had to like make special film to shoot it in black and white and on mm. IMAX. And you know, he is pushing uh, him and Christopher Nolan. They're pushing things forward, um, and I think it's very deserving. Also, Rodrigo Prieto. I will say cinematographer for barbie so maybe there could be the dual support for him there <laughs> shouting out all of his great work this year he gets the win for killers and thanks barbie that'd be iconic great stuff Thank you, Greta. uh jackson you're riding your nope your nope wave over there with hoyt, hoyt um uh, oh which one which one did he do again oppenheimer. oppenheimer yeah yeah he says with confidence. That are killers. That are killers. Yeah. Maybe I'll go killers. I liked nice. killers cinematography more, I think. It was nice. pretty beautiful. 
I'm going to ride with Oppenheimer, but I will. I'm just going to go ahead and shout out Maestro because it looks pretty. That's all. Um, it does. Okay. Let's have a conversation because I think this will be um, this will be uh, a battle of two uh, horses here. Uh, animated feature film. Mm. Um, we got The Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Nimona, Robot Dreams, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, first of all, I think Robot Dreams was a shock here. Um, happy it's here. It seems like an international pick, which is cool. Um, would have loved to see the turtles here for you, Corbin. Um, but that hurt me. But that's all right. Yeah. Um, but do you guys agree? I think it's between Boy and the Heron and Across the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. I really don't know where to go here. Um, what are you guys feeling at least at this time on January 25th? It's weird because I feel like whenever the first Spider-Verse came out, I I wanted it to win so bad and it got its love. And now I don't want it to win because that feels like the obvious pick. And I kind of like these underdog stories. And I underdog, as I'm saying, that Miyazaki should get an Oscar for The Boy and the Heron. Um, I think that'd be cool. I, I'm going Boy and the Heron here. I, I think uh, it's... Yeah. I think Sorry, it's the boy in the heron as well. Um, it it'll be close though. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. You have another Spider Verse movie coming for sure. We mm-hmm. know that, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Cody, what do you think? This could this could potentially be his last movie, even though he says it's not. But it could be. Nah. You never know. That's a that's a campaign strategy. Sure, <laughs> could be effective though. But yeah, I don't. I'm really torn here as well because across the Spider Verse, it is probably my favorite movie of the year. Um, the thing that really worries me, obviously, is the uh, no nomination and score. So maybe that's a little bit telling that the Academy is not as high on it as I am. And like I said, I mean, the history of Miyazaki, it's hard not to give that guy awards when he makes movies. So I don't know. I, th- I think I won't even make a choice now. But if I had to right now, I think I would say Across the Spider-Verse. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I feel like the Oscars have like come a really long way in terms of like, international bodies and including them but i still think they missed the mark on like recognizing animated movies in other categories um like i could have been i would have been happy seeing a score nomination for boy and the heron too i think their score is really beautiful too Mm -hmm. um but i think at least right now i'm going boy and the heron as well because i mean miyazaki has won one before has won an oscar so i think it's just i don't know i i struggle seeing a sequel win it but i don't know we'll see there's also another one coming maybe this year unlikely but we'll see <laughs> but yeah i'm gonna roll with boy in the heron for now um let's get into the screenplays here uh we have original screenplay first we have anatomy of a fall by justin triate and arthur harari the holdovers by david hemmingson maestro by bradley cooper and josh singer may december by sammy birch and alex machanik and past lives by Celine Song Jackson. Is it the is it the past? This is the only one of two past lives nominations. Yeah, um, I need this to be past lives so bad. I'm gonna be <laughs> heartbroken if it doesn't win. This is my favorite movie of the year so far. Um, it's insanely good, and yeah, I, I feel like the other ones aren't as strong. Anatomy of a Fall, I could see doing really well. Um, mm-hmm. Maestro, I don't feel like is like that strong, and the holdovers is good, but I feel like it's kind of given getting a little overhyped in the awards season. Um, so I'm gonna go past lives here, but yes. don't sleep on the anatomy of a fall. Um, I'll go ahead and throw my hat in the ring then because I'm gonna lean towards anatomy of a fall yeah. here for now. 
I think that's a, a pretty long and sprawling script and could get confusing. I think mm -hmm. courtroom scripts are always pretty tough to convey. And multiple languages, doing yeah, some cool stuff there. Doing a lot of cool things. And and I think it'd be cool to maybe kind of give it to an international body as well. But I mean, also in that respect, I feel like past lives also is it kind Just of falls that. in that mm -hmm. in that camp as well. So I'd be happy to see either of those win. I think Me if too. either of those win, I would be happy, but I'm gonna pick uh an Abbey of a fall here for now. Um Corbin, Cody, what what do you guys think? One of those two or May December love? I do like the May December script a lot. Um, I think what it does is really interesting the way it's able to like balance tone in a very uh, particular sort of way. There's mm -hmm. some like butterfly metaphors in there that I think maybe go a little too far for me, but uh, anatomy of a fall, I think is the winner for sure. Uh, the holdovers could come in, but I think just the general love for this movie, this is the chance to give it its award. Um, like we talked about multilingual, in rapturous courtroom kind of back and forth. Um, I, I like this movie a lot and uh, I'd, I'd be happy to see it win here. Yeah, I do agree. I think uh, Anatomy of Fall probably will, will have the win here. Also, I believe it got the uh, Golden Globe in the same category as well. Sure, so did, yeah. again, not always a <laughs> matter of fact after that, but I think especially too, since it did miss out on the international nom, that this would kind of be giving it its flowers a little bit more and giving it the win here. Um, my second runner-up would probably be the holdovers, though. Past nice. life is amazing. It's hard to deny that, but it's like the like uh Jackson said, a little bit the holdovers maybe losing some steam. Um, but maybe you could pick up a little bit and uh come in and, and sneak this one away. I think there's one category where it's kind of a lock right now, but everything else, I don't I don't know if I see it. We'll get there in just a moment. Perhaps mm -hmm. that one lock. Um, but first let's do adapted screenplay. Uh we've got American fiction from Cord Jefferson. Barbie from Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, Oppenheimer from Christopher Nolan, Poor Things by Tony McNamara, and The Zone of Interest from Jonathan Glazer. This is a pretty pretty stacked category this year, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, is this where Barbie gets the love? Like, is this where Greta gets her flowers? Or is this another, like, is there a, a world where like, oh, since Noah Baumbach also wrote it, we're going to give it to him too. And it's a whole <laughs> weird thing where... We're giving it to a man and a woman. I don't know. I'm just I'm just casting stones. But what do you guys think? I, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I hope not in a sense. I don't know. I think Barbie is is the long shot here. I think this may be the toughest win of the night. And again, I think this will be a great indicator of who takes own best picture. Yeah. Uh, not not to spoil that, but I think Oppenheimer is, is a massive contender here. Just straight up screenplay, I think, obviously, like we said before, it does a lot of cool things, kind of throwing back and forth between stories. Um, but I think really anything could win here, and I wouldn't be surprised. Poor things, zone of interest. Um, everything kind of has really good writing. So it, it, this was a tough one for sure. Where does everyone stand on the uh, the Barbie as a work of adaptation? Yeah, the, you know, <laughs> that's what I was going to ask, because it kind of gets into Whenever they're judging this, are they judging in how well they adapt it from something else? Or is it just how good the writing is of something that is adapted? Because Barbie's really weak if you look at it from the first and part, but like really strong are, if you judge it the other way. Well, and all of these are adapted in very interesting ways. Like I know yeah. the Zone of Interest novel is not really like what mm -hmm. that movie is. Oppenheimer, I mean, is a brick of a book. And then mm -hmm. he wrote it in the first person. Like it's a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. Um I, I don't know. My pick here is American fiction. Uh, 
it's clear the love for this movie as well. Courts mm-hmm. Jefferson, I think this is the an extremely smart and funny script. Uh, I love this movie. It's in my you know top five favorites of the year. Um, just a really great uh, work of satire, and I think it'd be a really cool win for it. So I'm kind of dreamcasting this one a little bit. That'd be awesome. I, I loved that script. I, I think it's either going to go Oppenheimer or Barbie. I'm kind of leading towards Oppenheimer. I do want to point out the Killers at the Flower Moon snub, which I think is really strange because that's a completely different adaptation than what that book is. So I think that's kind of telling that it's not here. I think that kind of loses the steam if there was any for Killers at the Flower Moon. Best picture love. Um, but what can, what can you say? But I am going to go Oppenheimer as well. Although I think all these scripts are are pretty incredible of what they've adapted. And yeah, I don't know what the Barbie adaptation, I, I, that's an original screenplay in my eyes, but what can I say? Someone was really outraged by that and went on a tirade. I forget who it was on on Twitter. Judd Apatow. Apatow. That's who it was. (laughs) Was That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, like if it's an IP, it's adapted, I guess. Right. Like comic book characters are going to be in the adapted screenplay. Like it's would James thing, Bond like, count real... as like an adapted screenplay though? Yeah, because there's technically yeah, yeah, because there's like yeah. The thing is, like real life events are not considered adapted when mm-hmm. they happen, even if they're based unless they're based on like something that was written about it. Written it's, about it's, it. It's got to be yeah. a source. The thing material. is, there are yeah. Barbie yeah. movies. Like there is source material. Like there are That's there is true. lore. There was all that they didn't create all that dream houses from nothing. Like they <laughs> built that stuff based on. That's true. It, it is weird. I think it should be an adapted. It does kind of clog up uh, the category for stuff like Killers of the Fire. Maybe not get it. But. It is wild. It's like when like, it's like in the Emmys when like the White Lotus runs in like a miniseries Limited. and they're like, we're coming back for a season two. And now they're running in drama. It's, it's a whole thing. So yeah, I digress. Let's get into directing and then we'll get into all the acting categories here. Um, for best director, we have Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall. Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. Um, this is obviously, we talked about it beforehand. The Greta Gerwig snub here is pretty mm-hmm. pretty uh, egregious and, and talked about. So we I think we covered that. But despite all that, we do get Justin Trier in here. I guess they can't have two women in this category or the Academy will implode. Um but I feel like this is finally Christopher Nolan's to win. Um, I don't know if everyone is feeling the same way or if there's like a sneaky pick that anyone else is feeling. But for me, I think it's Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll comment I, on that. Go ahead, Jackson. I was just going to say, I feel like if it goes anywhere else, I could see it going to Yorgos just because I feel like the Academy does like him a lot. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No Marty Love? I don't know. I think this is the wrong movie for Marty to win almost. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nolan obviously never winning one. I think he's a kind of a shoe in here in a sense. I personally would love to see Yorgos win it as well. Um, I think this is definitely one of his best works so far, but he's got a lot more movies to make. I think for Nolan, True. like just biopic wise, I don't know if he'll do anything like this similar. So I think this is maybe his one and only shot, unless he keeps doing this, which I would love to see, but yeah, I, I'm riding with Chris here for sure. It will be interesting to see his next project after this. I don't really have any inklings, I don't think, of anything, but could be interesting. I mean, Yorgos has another movie coming out this year, so we'll see what that turns into. Um, yeah, Corbin, what are you thinking? 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of the Scorsese thing, I will say, like, I think it is Killers of Flower Moon is like actually an incredible work of direction and personal self-reflection and the journey that he kind of took to make that movie into what it became versus what it probably would have been early on in his career. Um, and when you just think about like all the millions of pieces that had to come together to, to craft that story and tell it correctly, I think there was a lot of care taken. So he's well-deserved to be in this category. It is the thing where it's like, I, I love Greta Gerwig. She's one of my you know favorite filmmakers. Lady Bird is one of my favorite movies. I do think it's a snub, but I don't know who I would replace in this category because these are five very solid directorial efforts that are great. Totally. And I you have to admit that like Barbie, there's like a car commercial halfway through. And I don't think you can say the same thing about <laughs> sure. any of these other movies, unfortunately. Fair. Right. Very fair. Like the, you know, like Barbie is very powerful. And the fact that it is so commercially successful while still spreading a, a great and positive message is fantastic. And like, that's, should be celebrated and it's celebrated in best picture for those efforts to get that movie made and out there for people to see. Uh, I just think that this is like an incredible group. What Justin Trier did on top of the writing is fantastic in the direction that uh, if you've seen the movie, the courtroom uh, tape recording slash fight scene is awesome. astonishing. Electric. Yeah. Uh, just getting to see that is awesome. And then Jonathan Glazer, I haven't had a great a chance to really talk about zone of interest yet today, but uh, absolutely harrowing movie that like on paper, if I, if, when we say what it is, like, you're like, there's no way that that could work as something I would ever want to sit down in a theater and watch. And yet one of my favorite things I've seen this year. Yeah, it works. Definitely works. And I, I left that. To... Sorry, go ahead. Jack. Ooh, sorry. Or Cody, whoever it is. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I feel like um, this would be a fun category maybe to expand like in the future, just be because awesome. like obviously best picture has gone that way. I think this one specifically, I don't want to do that for kind of everything, but I think this one specifically, because like something like Greta Gerwig, I think she is a snub, but it's super hard to replace anybody on this list. So I think maybe just expanding it in the future would allow for a lot more diversity and kind of for a little, little bit more recognition, maybe. I have such a solid number though. Like what would it, like, I feel like you'd have to jump to seven because six just feels too weird. Well, that's or the other like, thing. If we add six, you know who gets, it's not Greta Gerwig that gets in. It's probably Celine Song, right? Like, is that six? And I feel like, that and that's, that is a good, it's a better, but like, I'm just saying too, like yeah. all the people that are like, like mad about ten. Gerwig, she's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I'm being honest that like somehow Alexander Payne gets in here before any of them also. True. So yeah. I don't yeah. know, but but yeah, this was what a great can you year do? of movies. <laughs> this was a good year. I mean, a good year at the top. So yeah, I wouldn't be top. upset with like expanding like the big the big ones that they save at the end of the night to like seven if they wanted to. Like it's not. I don't know. How about ten original songs? <laughs> How about ten original songs? You I don't even what? know if we could. How about we could do that? <laughs> that if Flaming Hot is harder. making the cut at five, I'd hate to see what the ten spot is. It would just know? make the broadcast like six hours because they have to perform all. <laughs> um. Okay, wonderful. Let's get into some supporting roles here. Get into the acting and then wind it out. Um, actor in a supporting role. We got Sterling K. Brown in American Fiction, Robert De Niro in Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling in Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things. Um, obviously, I think a Charles Melton snub here. Um, but also, like, I'm totally fine with all of these... Um, nominees here as well i think sterling k brown stole that charles melton spot maybe and i think mark ruffalo and willem dafoe just beat each other out so it was one or the other in my brain so what are you guys thinking here um i know what i'm thinking but what are you guys thinking 
I love the Sterling K. Brown getting in. It does suck to see no Charles Melton, but I think Robert Downey Jr. has it pretty much locked up. Um, yeah. It's his to lose. You know, if there's a controversy in the next month, then maybe, but otherwise, I think <laughs> he's got it. Yeah. Yeah. He's just had a good campaign trail. He's had a lot of good speeches. It feels like the Bradley or Bradley, the Brad Pitt year um, a little bit, where it's just like it's a shoe in and no one could take it from him. So. This feels right. I think Ryan Gosling is just going to throw his weight to uh, to everyone in his cast mm-hmm. now. I think he's going to throw it to some supporting roles and the the writing team. And so I see that. I feel like Robert De Niro is also going to throw his weight towards Lily Gladstone. So I feel like mm-hmm. everyone's working for other people here. But I feel like everyone's working for Robert Downey Jr. So yeah. plus his story is just too good. Like for like the guy who was, you know. Like uh, like uncastable for for many years through addiction and stuff, rising through the ranks of like unsophisticated movies, and now he's like taking a, a his first like serious approach like after that, I guess. Um, yeah, if you don't count Doolittle, um, and I do getting an Oscar. I think I don't know. I feel like that's just like a really good story that has to be rewarded. And I yeah. think seeing Marvel be so bad, like. Post yeah. him leaving is almost totally. a testament to be like, you know, Vindication. Robert Downey Jr., he really kind of was the juice over there. So sure. It wasn't nothing. I'd yeah, say yeah was- I guess oh, I was just going to say too really quick, like Robert Downey Jr., I guess, is having the best post MCU career right now out of all the people who have kind of like expanded out of that currently. Um, so, yeah, Chris Evans career gone massively down. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll see what happens <laughs> with Nikki 17. Uh, Mark Ruffalo might have him beat out. Yeah. Um, and then Chris Evans did get cast uh, in in something new today with with Aubrey Plaza. What was that? Oh, the Charlie, the mm. Charlie Kaufman movie. No, is no. that the Charlie Kaufman movie? No, he did get he did get cast in something. Ooh, Ethan, today. Cohen. Ethan, Ethan Cohen. Ethan Cohen. Chris yeah. Evans. Ethan Cohen is coming. I like that post driveway nice. doll. So hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's hope. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I'm excited for the Ruffalo of it too. Everyone else will be fine. So yeah, Chris Hemsworth got some work to do. Um, great. Let's move on to actress in a supporting role. We have Emily Blunt in Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks in The Color Purple, America Ferreira in Barbie, Jodie Foster in Niad, and Divine Joy Randolph in The Holdovers. This one feels like the lockiest lock ever. Um, Divine Joy Randolph has pretty much won all of the precursors, all the awards, and shout out America Ferreira for sliding her way in here. That's 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 pretty cool. Uh, also, a lot of ugly Betty fans in the academy. <laughs> true, true. Lots of sisters. I've seen been a lot. Seen a lot of sisterhood of the traveling pants contact content. You couldn't lately. have the car commercial without someone driving the car, Carter. There you and go. And she was the face of the car commercial. You sold me. You got me there. And uh, yeah, this is the only nomination for the color purple. Danielle Brooks was pretty great in that. The Jodie Foster nomination is something. I've seen that movie. It's fine. You know, but. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is a Julianne Moore snub here as well. I feel like she should have been in here. But this feels like Dave I enjoying Randolph's to to lose at this point. So yeah. That's where I'm set. Are you guys set there too? Or yeah. yeah. I would agree completely. I think um this one maybe is the most predetermined coming in. So yeah. shout out to Devine. I think she is so amazingly good in, in the holdovers. And I think out of that trio even stands out a little bit, which is incredibly hard to do. Um, also shout out Emily Blunt. I think um her just going off um off on Jason Clark uh is an amazing scene. So I think all of these actresses especially have like 
super great just like one scenes that uh it'll be cool to see little snippets they show obviously america ferrera that's kind of i feel like that's why she got nominated directly was just because that that one standout scene but yeah yeah for me this one's pretty obvious yeah four of these nominees are first time nominees in this category which is kind of cool that's cool so great stuff shout out jody foster who's a legend um wonderful let's get into the leading categories then actor in a leading role we have bradley cooper in maestro Holman Domingo in Rustin, Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers, Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. A um, little bit of a DiCaprio snub here, which I probably would have slot in for the Coleman Domingo performance personally, but the Academy loves Coleman Domingo and loves, um, you know, people of history. So there's that as well. Um, but what do you guys think here? Where, where are you leaning, Corbin? Yeah, I mean, I think continuing on with uh, Joy Randolph's win for the holdovers and and uh, supporting actress, I think Giamatti is going to win in, in best actor. I think he's campaigning pretty hard, and it's a lot of narrative. It's time, you know, working with Alexander Payne again. Listen, the In and Out picture was staged right like we we, we know that right like you we went there to, to for the photo op i'm sure he loves a cheeseburger but He's a smart man you, you you put the golden globe on the table for a reason and uh, i think it's working uh also have we all seen what the eye was doing in the movie it's impressive stuff um <laughs> i think killian's great but i think there's so much around this movie uh that will shine and be celebrated and in it's just not to Killian's time. It's going to be Giamatti. I can, I can see it now. Cody's shaking his head. What are you thinking, Cody? Yeah, I would definitely disagree with that. I think um, obviously Killian's, uh, you know, the backbone of this movie. Him and Nolan have been working together for so long. I think Killian, I mean, Giamatti is similar to just extremely underrated actors overall. Um, I would think that's two horse race. I think Jeffrey Wright can, definitely will get some consideration as well. But I think for me, Killian uh, definitely uh, for me, you know, is, is going to take the, this one home. I, I got to say that the Killian is Nolan's muse narrative is a little annoying because it's like, yeah, he was around, but come on. He was he was just hey. doing what he was the scarecrow in three movies. Like, yes, <laughs> he was the great. He, and the, they clearly he's like great in the Dark Knight. Other, I'm not saying he's like he's not fucking Leo and Scorsese or De Niro. It's great. You know, <laughs> yeah, he finally had a chance. If anything, Leo has more prominence in uh, Nolan movies than Killian. I feel like just one. The one, yeah. And it was more prominent. <laughs> it was more prominent. But Killian was in that movie, too. He was in that one, too. <laughs> he was, and he was crying, so good for him. He's always the unsung man, and he finally got his leading role. I, I think it's a big He was great story. in Dunkirk, wasn't he? Good. <laughs> you should he be was, at home. So was Mark Rylance, yeah. They were both awesome. <laughs> I will say, I feel like the best actor category always, almost always, in the past 10, 15 years, has given it to the wrong person. Mm. So I feel, well, one, I feel like Paul Giamatti is more deserving or 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 Killian Murphy, but uh, I I think uh, Bradley Cooper might might scoop this up. Ooh, come on, like, now. come on again! Like I think it's going to be one of those years where once again the wrong person just just mm. got it somehow. It's the curse. I think that would be kind of great. I mean, I would if that happened, it might be better for society. <laughs> Bradley Cooper might not like. He would chill out a little bit. Yeah. He'd, he'd go like, make over four or something. Yeah. I'm just yeah, saying, this might be better. <laughs> We'll I get feel like, like a rocket short film on Disney <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I um yeah, I don't I feel like right now at least I'm leaning with Killian Murphy, but I, I think it is a two horse race. I mean, Giam it's gonna be Giamatti or him. Um 
I think Domingo and Jeffrey Wright are just happy to be along for the ride. And I think Bradley Cooper is going to, I don't know, he's going to maybe open up <laughs> another Philly cheesesteak stand and, you know, get the people's votes. But then he'll realize that the people don't vote for the Academy Awards. And I don't know, we're going to see. But <laughs> yeah, maybe it is a three horse race. I don't know. Bradley's got a lot of campaigning to do, but it feels like Giamatti or Killian at this point. But we'll see. We got a couple, we got like a month and a half to go. So we'll see what happens. Um, the final... I don't. Oh, sorry. I don't like Rustin as a movie, and I actually do like Bradley Cooper. But I think there's something we said that like Coleman Domingo is actually a gay man playing a gay character, right? Getting nominated for that role. That Whereas historically, we've seen a lot of people like Eddie Redmayne and even Bradley Cooper alongside of him get nominated. So we've got to at least give love <laughs> to Domingo on that front. Um, I wish the movie was better around him. Yeah, it just feels like a. It's just like just meanders along and it's just not, uh, yeah, just feels like a 90s movie to me. Very biopicy. Very biopicy. Um, let's go to actress in a leading role then, boys. Uh, we have Annette Benning and Nyad, Lily Gladstone and Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Holler in Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan in Maestro, and Emma Stone in Poor Things. Pretty strong category. Obviously, this is where we're lacking Margot Robbie and Greta Lee as well. Um, would have been happy to see Annette Benning not on the list. Um, and then I think it's either Margo or Greta fighting for that spot. I feel, I still think we're upset either way when we get down to it, If even if Annette is off and one of those are on. But Jackson, what do you feel here in the, the actress in the leading role category? It feels pretty tight also. Yeah, I mean, I everyone loves Emma Stone, but I, I think Gladstone... Uh, will be the one to take this just because battle of the stones. Uh, I think the story is better. Uh, yeah, it is. It is a uh, battle of the stones. Mm-hmm. I will say, I feel like Carrie Mulligan would have had a much stronger campaign if she was in supporting actress. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I don't, I don't know if she was necessarily like the lead. I don't know. She was really she good. Lead she was... build. And like, that was the whole yeah. pitch from Cooper that it was her movie. But like, yes, I agree. Realistically. I mean, okay. If we want to do the, like the numbers game, Gladstone is in like, 33% of mm-hmm. the of the fire sure. moon. So that's another question. Yeah, I guess that was also How one that kind of got pushed up a little bit. Maybe. I, I'm fine with them both being put in mm-hmm. the lead, but I think you're right. She does have a better campaign in supporting for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Lily Gladstone will be, would be a really good, I'd be really curious to see what her speech would be. I think that would be like maybe the highlight of the night too. So her gloves, you gotta get those moments awesome. in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, She's had some good speeches along the way. She's got that narrative of that yearbook picture of her and that one guy, like most yeah. likely to win mm-hmm. an Oscar. There's that going on. So, yeah, what do you guys think? Is uh, is this a, is this a Gladstone Emma Stone race, or is there any shocker between you two? I think that would be the two horse race for me. This one is unbelievably tough as well. I think there's an animated or maybe the closest ones just between two people. Mm. I might lean Emma Stone here. I think Lily Gladstone hundred percent deserves it. And I will be super happy. Like Jack said, her speech is going to be awesome too. If she does mm-hmm. win. Yeah. But kind of the Emma physical... Stone's too though. Yeah. The... Oh, Emma Stone's awesome. But the physicality behind like Emma Stone's early performance, I think is really cool. And then obviously just like her character's growth and kind of the, the story surrounding her kind of uh, arc as well, I think is really good. But yeah, I think I will pick Emma Stone here, but this is a super, super tough one. You know, Jackson, you mentioned at the top of the episode about how, like, a lot of times women aren't nominated for roles where they're doing anything. They're usually just, like, being impressed or, like, they're, you know. Mm -hmm. The thing that, you know, Emma Stone in Poor Things, I think that that role is a really underrated Mm -hmm. uh, 
portrayal of female empowerment and, and rebirth. And mm-hmm. um, I, I definitely think that it, like not seeing Margot here sucks, but we've got to, you know, give a lot of love to the performance that did get nominated like totally. stone mm-hmm. and more things. And Lily Gladstone, of course, being such like uh, a historically important nomination, you know, being only, I think like the second North American native actress to ever be nominated in the category mm-hmm. um, following the, the actress from Roma a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think she's going to pull, pull out the win here. Uh, I love the performance and um, it's so subtle, but there's so much emotion totally. in her face. Yeah, I would love to see it. You you took the words out of my mouth. The subtlety versus the the kind of over the top Emma Stone performance. Obviously, there's the subtleties and the quiet moments in that one as well. But I feel like the Lily Gladstone one is really more down to earth and much more appreciated. Hopefully, but yeah, we'll see. I think it would be great. And I think Emma Stone would be the first to tell you that she also wants Lily Gladstone to win the award. So uh, we'll see what goes on there. Um, finally, everyone, best picture. We made it. Uh, the nominees, American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, Zone of Interest. Another year where I feel pretty pretty good about all 10 of these nominees. I liked all these movies this year. Uh, I think I liked all the movies last year as well in this category. So some pretty solid years. I mean, your mileage may vary on Elvis last year, but that's neither here nor there. But that's uh, true. Avatar <laughs> way of the water. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm happy to see like, you know, all original stories, you know, for the most part, like no sequels, nothing like that. Barbie's based on IP now. Um, so yeah. What are you guys thinking here? I mean, I think the front runner is obviously Oppenheimer. I feel like it's theirs to lose. Do you guys agree? Or do you think there's a, a holdovers chance or something like that? I think if we see holdovers when screenplay and then Giamatti gets actor, there's a good chance it could pull out the picture. There could be that wave more than likely though. I think Oppenheimer has been the behemoth for months. It will continue to be that um, it's back in IMAX again, right, right now. Like they've just keep re-releasing and keep saying more money. Like people, people it's crazy. Going. Like the, the 70 mil IMAX theater here, you look and you can't get a ticket. Like this movie has been out for months and it's, when they do the releases, it, it sells out. Um, like you said, Carter, it's a, it's a great group of 10 movies. There's another like four or five that like could have slipped in as the potential nominees, whether it's like Spider-Verse and um, the boy and the heron, or maybe even like May December or all the strangers that felt like they were on the, the outside looking in. I would have been just as happy with them. Like, I think this was a really great movie year um, and the Academy did a great job of, of selecting 10 movies. Um, I, I can't really be mad at any of these. Yeah, nor can I. What do you think, Cody? Are, are you feeling feeling pretty good about the nominees and also the Oppenheimer wave? Yeah, I agree with you guys mostly. Like I said, uh, there's no uh, Top Gun Maverick on here like last year. So I'm pretty happy overall with, with the 10 choices. I mean, again, kind of reiterating, but I think Oppenheimer is the front runner. Um, I would like to see the holdovers maybe come in and, and sneakily take it at the end. There's a ton of contenders. I mean, Anatomy of the Fall, if it has a good night throughout, I think it's a contender. Same with Zone of Interest, I think, can make a late push. But as we're sitting right now, I think Oppenheimer, it's definitely it's to lose right now. Jackson, yeah, I'll give I you think... the final word on Best Picture, brother. 
Yeah, you know, I think you guys nailed it and talking about uh I think momentum is like the biggest uh quantifying factor here and as much as I'd love past lives to win, it just doesn't have enough categories I think to get the buzz up uh for something like that. So I do think either Oppenheimer or um yeah, or um holdovers. Oh my gosh. Holdovers, yeah, would be would be a good uh grab there. I'm going to go Oppenheimer just because I do feel like it was um the the big half of of the whole event of this year. I don't know. Uh, I just think the the Barbenheimer uh, forces were too strong, and you know, you know, Barbie got the financial praise, um, and Oppenheimer's maybe going to get some of the more critical uh, praise there. So, I think I you wanna... can look to Coda with the the best adapted screenplay, best actor, mm. to best picture path to victory for a holdovers win. If Past Lives had gotten. An, like an actor nomination somewhere. i know maybe it could have had a path but and there were some feels, there were some great options there too and that was just tough it's but, always yeah. it's always funny to think about like in a different year like in the coda year would have past lives have you know reigned supreme and that was a pretty weak year um well it's just so interesting too because like last year a24 dominated the oscars like completely dominated and like i just feel like it's not not the same uh unfortunately yep yeah, they they their campaigns were a little interesting obviously the iron claw mm-hmm. uh come, yeah. came out so late a lot of people wanted to see that it didn't pop up um i mean they get in with with stuff like the zone of interest but it, it's not going to be the same year yeah that they had previously could be this year maybe we don't know but um i want to kind of end the episode on this this conversation that i've been thinking about um, with the whole Barbenheimer experience, do you think that that like if those two had not come out simultaneously, like do you think one is complementing the other? Like, do you think Oppenheimer gets the love mm-hmm. and and respect that it's likely deserved if it comes out like November thirty first or something like that? Like, and Barbie comes out in the summer and has its moment, and but or, or just the two tied together and can just thank each other for the rest of time with with being linked together forever. I think Oppenheimer owes a lot more to Barbie than Barbie yeah. owes to Oppenheimer. 100%. Um, they both, both be huge like hits because they were they're good movies. But yeah. like Oppenheimer, it hasn't cost a billion yet, but I think it probably will here soon. Mm-hmm. It, that's insane for that movie, and it's because it was paired alongside uh, Barbie. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I think they should uh, throw something in the acceptance speech for sure. Kind of just mentioning uh, the Barbenheimer moment, because I mean that definitely kind of you know had you know Jesus, uh, I can't that definitely uh, made the path a lot easier. I feel like Oppenheimer to end up where it did. Uh, like I said, if it was like a December release, I think uh, it would not be as many nominations. But from obviously the the box office standpoint when it's kind of that popular and it's more like an Oscar baby film, I feel like it's going to get a ton of recognition. Beautiful. How many sequels a... next okay. year in Beck's picture will there be? <laughs> so I mean, many. That's every I movie coming out. Not, I, but it, listen, I mean, I'm they... just putting, I'm putting the number at two. That's where I'm going to. Just two. Gladiator yeah. two, Joker two. I don't think, I don't jo- think no, I don't think I don't Gladiator think two is. Furiosa, Dune no. part two. I th- in my eyes, I think Dune, it's yeah. I think it's Dune Definitely two Dune. And, J- and right now maybe Joker, but that could change when I see that movie. <laughs> um, for best picture, or just for any Oscars. Best picture, I'm thinking. Okay, 
I could yeah, definitely yeah, see yeah. Gladiator 2 popping up in other places. Um, I could definitely see Furiosa getting some technical stuff, but same for Dune. Um, I don't know. We haven't seen a sequel win Best Picture since Godfather Part 2. So um, maybe we're due. I don't know. Maybe it's I, time. Well, The Return of the King. Oh, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we're due. Maybe we're due. Coming. 20 years. So wonderful. Thank you for entertaining that thought pattern. Appreciate it. Um, with that, guys, we we did it. We're done. We uh, picked our noms. Uh, we'll have like a month and a half, and we'll probably change our picks as the momentum shifts. But this yeah. is where we stand on January 25th. So Jackson, where can they follow us? TikTok, Instagram. They can follow us at roughcut underscore pod. Where can they follow us on X? You can follow us at roughcut underscore co. Check us out there. Listen to Mm -hmm. us. And also, if you've made it all the way through this and you didn't pause and go listen to our other episode with our boys over here, I'll let them shout out and plug their podcast now. Boys, where can they find you guys on on the World Wide Web and the podcast networks? Yeah, you can check us out on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, uh, as Cody and Corbin have a podcast. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're available. And then also uh, social media is just at Cap Podcasts. How's that spelled, Cody? <laughs> That'd be K-H-A-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Go Jeff give podcast. us a follow. Uh <laughs> If you want to be a guest sometime, let us know too. Yeah. Always look for guests. Hit us up, obviously. What I'll say too is um, obviously keep checking out the RCR. I am pumped for your guys' upcoming episode talking about um, episode yeah, four. Double features, man. Dude. Yeah, I love this new yeah. segment. Thank and, you. Uh, Some of these movies are Indiana not bad. Jokes too, but yeah, this next episode I'm super pumped for. So obviously stay tuned for that too. Yes, um, great shout out. Yes, next episode, we are continuing our, our dumpuary train uh, in the month of February, our scene double episode number two. Mm-hmm. Our buddy Jeff Brown's coming back on and we're going to revisit Phantom Menace and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So very excited. Are they good? Are they not? We'll find out. Are they They're racist? <laughs> are they racist? Probably. One, definitely. <laughs> one one absolutely is. Everyone might George Lucas too, try yes. not to do a stereotype. <laughs> ah, <laughs> impossible. Of course not. Um, Amazing. Boys, thanks for joining us on our little mega Oscars as always. Appreciate you guys. Much love to the cap boys. Thanks, boys. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks again for having us, boys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.